All righty, everyone. Welcome back to Scooter and the Big Man, episode 11. And it is the offseason, at least for the New York Mets, as they did not play a game this week and they did not make the playoffs. But that does not mean we will not be giving you baseball content as we break down the MLB playoffs from this past week. We talk about some trade candidates and we talk about some of our favorite Twitter personalities here on this episode. So tune in and let's get it started. everyone welcome back to scooter and the big man and guess what the new york mets did not lose a ball game this week how are we feeling about that fellas oh good i, I feel less disappointed than i usually am uh based, feels, in baseball terms great. thanks pap all right but really how are we feeling i mean we did not make the postseason uh we kind of saw this coming for a while i would say um so one week removed from Mets baseball, where where are we at? Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same as as uh, as last week. I we've known that for for a while. I was on the uh, we're just not making the playoffs, so I've been over it for a little bit. Uh, it was nice to watch baseball this week and not have to deal with the Mets and their stupid bullshit. So that was cool. What about you? Were you enjoying the playoff baseball this week? Just getting to enjoy the uh, sport that we love. Yeah, I mean, honestly, too, like the playoffs didn't disappoint. We had a pretty good opening weekend for playoff baseball with some exciting games. And I mean, yeah, it was nice to, to not have to deal with the Mets. And I know that sounds like a burden, but the way that they've been playing this year was just so exhausting. So it was just, it almost feel, to me. you feel free. You feel yeah. like you're, you're free. I was just sitting down like watching like the Padres game. And I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. It's fun to watch baseball. Like these, He's like, it's fun to watch Fernando Tessie. It was fun to watch the, the Rays. It was fun. It was fun. It, I mean, I'm going to keep saying fun because that's what it was. You know, so like you already said Tatis's name. So like, let's just talk about him right away. So a lot of people are comparing him to like an early Mike Trout. Um, whether that's fair or unfair, you know, we'll, we'll be remain to be seen over the next couple of years. I think, I think right now it might be a little unfair, um, mm-hmm. but Tatis Jr. Tatis Jr. definitely has the potential to be the face of baseball and for a long time. So it was nice to see a young face of baseball candidate in the playoffs and then show up and win a playoff series. I don't know if this is a hot take. I he might be the face of baseball already. Like I think he, it might be it might be I might be a year too early on that, but like holy shit, that dude is so incredibly fun to watch. And his name is just, I see it like on social media all over the place. Like even like more than Trout. Cause I don't know if it's that we just expect Trout to just do amazing shit or it's that just Tatis is like so much, so flashy and just so uh, energetic and young and fun. But my God, that dude is like, he, he's my face of baseball at this point at this moment. The thing too is like Mike Trout is just so fucking boring. Like everything he does on a baseball field is like the most exciting thing in the entire world. And then you just see him off the field and he's just a wet blanket. Like Mike Trout likes, he likes weather. 
That's his thing. He enjoys <laughs> weather. That can't be your thing if you're the face of Major League Baseball. You can't be a weather guy as like the number one thing. Like you need to be a fucking stud on and off the field doing all this crazy shit. Mike Trout's just like he's just a wet blanket. Yeah, no, he's not like that exciting off the field, but you can't deny that he's just so fucking good. And I know you're not, but it's that's what that's why I'm I love Fernando Tatis Jr. Man, I if uh, minus Chris Paddock, I love that Padres team. Like everyone on that team is so awesome. Whether it's uh, Tatis, Machado, Will Myers, even fucking that team is. It, it sucks that they don't have, uh, they didn't have Clevenger or uh, Dilson Lamette because those are two of their their top pitchers. So I think I don't know how long they're going to be out. I don't know if they're going to be out for this the DS, but if not, this team is fucking scary good. Um, you forgot a name in that conversation with the Padres. I just wanted to hear your thoughts when I say the name Eric Hosmer. How do you feel? Yeah, so uh, fuck, fuck Chris Paddock, right? Yep. All right. Good. Good answer. Honestly, like, I don't. Do you still care about Eric Hosmer? No, like, I real, don't really. Being real. Be no, because honestly, I don't either. Like, I'm not trying to take us down that rabbit hole tonight of the 2015 Mets because we don't need to go there right now. Um, but briefly going down that rabbit hole, sticking my foot in that rabbit hole, um, I don't blame anybody really on the Royals for them winning that World Series. It was all on the Mets losing that World Series. And that's that's really all I have to say. I don't have any like definite hatred for anybody on that Royals team. Um, no, I mean, Moustakis was just noisy, but like he didn't actually like – He's not the reason they won. He was, no, just, I, he was just chirping. Like like you, yeah, I don't I don't I don't hate anyone on that Royals team. Anyway, they they after the let me answer this actually, I just thought of this. Does it does it hurt a little bit? Or does it does it annoy you a little bit that the Royals just went straight on to being like a bottom feeder again after they won that World Series? Or is it like that's like, all right, uh they they won their shit and now they're just irrelevant. We lost to an irrelevant team. Uh, I no, actually, I think it makes it. I think it makes it better. Yeah, I think it makes it better because I didn't have to see the Royals like lift multiple trophies and like become this like dynasty and like the Mets were just part of it. I think it's easier to forget that the Royals beat the Mets in that World Series with the Royals like going to basically becoming irrelevant and the Mets also kind of becoming irrelevant since both teams became shortly irrelevant after that World Series. It kind of will become one that was forgotten about it also was not a good world series no, like it was, it was there was really game one was awesome with the extra innings and like the quick pitch home run off Amelia like as a baseball game not for a Met fan that was mm-hmm. a great game to watch but really every other game wasn't like wasn't wasn't like a great played back and forth it was like no the Mets have sipped fucking themselves and the Royals took advantage and they won yeah the four games after game one were like very unmemorable if you weren't a Met or a Royal fan but Going back to going back to the Padres and just baseball in general, I have a, I have a, I have a bone to pick with uh, with someone, and I was hoping to get a little further into the podcast, but we started talking about the Padres already. But uh, Bob Nightingale is very bad at his job. Like he, I I've never seen anything like this, and it's honestly incredible. He is just wrong about ninety percent of the time, and. I brought this up to you when we were watching. We were watching that Padres game. We were watching the the football Thursday night game. Uh, that Bob Nightingale tweeted out that Fernando Tatis was 0-4 with runs in scoring position in this series. The next at bat, he hit a homer. 
the next at bat after that, he hit another homer. It is just uncanny how much of a jinx and just how wrong this guy. Like, that's a correct statement, but like it's just a fucking jinx that you just knew Tati's hitting a homer after that. And I don't know if you remember this, but in during the uh, the the trade deadline last year, he he tweeted out that. Zach Granke was going to be a, a Arizona Diamondback for the rest of his career. Minutes later, he got traded to the Astros. Like it is insane how bad this dude is at his job. Are you are you ready to say that Bob Nightingale is your Andy Martino for me? No, I'm. I don't hate Bob Nightingale. I just think it's so comically funny how awful this guy is. Do you like, feel Do you feel bad for him? Uh. Or do you root for these situations? Do you root for him to say it and then be completely wrong? I just root for the, the reaction, like the Twitter reaction to it. Because it's just so funny that if you just scroll through the, the replies in any of his tweets, it's like on that on that Tatis one, the first guy was like, all right, Tatis hitting homer next. Cool. Like, it's just so it's just so funny how how wrong he could be. And even uh, Padres, again, this, this year, even the trade deadline, Mike Clevenger, he tweeted out, I had the exact tweet. I'll read it out to you. I did my research. Uh, Cleveland is definitely trading Mike Clevenger by tomorrow's deadline, but it's still unknown where he's going with teams still upping their offers. They have requested player physicals from at least two teams, but not the Padres who appear to be no longer the favorites. Mike Clevenger got traded to the Padres the same day. I mean, so funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, he has become a running joke on Twitter. I don't know if, see, this is where I struggle. So like, we we talk about this like with me and Andy Martino. It's like the level of like self-awareness. Like, are you aware of what is going on on Twitter around you? And do you think Bob Nightingale is fully aware that this keeps happening? Or do you think he's completely oblivious to it and just tweets like whatever he's thinking? I feel like he's just oblivious. I feel like he he just tweets it out and he puts it like behind him. Like if it's like, oh, this, this was just wrong. No, that, that happens to everyone. Uh, Bob, this happens to you 90% of the time. Because we now know this from now sneaking our our way into the biz slightly with Martino. We know Martino does not read his replies, quote unquote, even though he's engaged multiple times with them, but he does not read his replies. And only the people he follows, he will acknowledge or see their reply. So, I mean, if Nightingale is similar to that, he might honestly not see any of the roasting or any of the memes or anything that comes from it, making him just completely unaware. And I think that makes it better when he's completely unaware because if he was intentionally trying to offset like news to get like a funny interaction, like it wouldn't be genuine. Like you want, if you're going to do this, you want to be genuine. Yeah. I don't want him to be like, Oh, like try to like reverse jinx or something like that. Like I wouldn't want that. Then it just wouldn't be funny anymore. Then it'd be just corny and, and sad. Like, I want him to be so blissfully unaware that he's like, oh, I'm doing my job. I'm doing it so well, where then I could just, everyone on Twitter just fucking clown the dude. He's probably a nice guy. I, I, I don't hate Bob Nightingale. I just think it's uh, comically funny how bad he is. All right, so I want to – you feel good? You got all your I Bob – good. Yeah, You got I all want- your Bob hate out or Bob – not hate. You're making people aware to Bob Nightingale. Is that yes. fair? Okay. Yes. It's I, not I a hate you. You, don't, you do not hate, hate Bob Nightingale. Okay. He's probably a nice dude. Probably a very nice guy, but I mean, not good at your job. I love to hate, so just for the hell of it, I I hate him. But okay. you know, but I have no uh, I have no reason to. But I just 
I'm just going to stand by that. All right. Going into the playoffs again, we made some predictions going into, um, well, not going into, but yeah, going into the playoffs <laughs> on who we thought our, our championship series matchups were going to be. And I'd like to read you those back if you, yeah. if you want to, you know, I'm listening. Rewind the clock with me real quick. Mm-hmm. I said that it was going to be the Tampa Bay Rays versus Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to say everybody's before I comment on anything. Okay. Uh, you said it was going to be the Rays versus the Padres, mm-hmm. which is still a possibility. Um, and our producer, Pat, had the Chicago White Sox versus the Chicago Cubs in an all-Chicago World Series. Uh, that's correct, yes. So let's start there and make our way back. Okay. Pat, we're, yeah. we're, where are you at so, right now with your prediction? And uh, uh, do you think it's going to happen? Uh, well, I know one of the teams isn't going to make it because uh, the White Sox are out. Uh, I honestly don't know if the Cubs are still in it. So I'm, okay. I'm scared to look it up because right now, blindly, I'm confident with my pick with the Cubs. I feel like they lost, but I don't know. You so, know who the Cubs were playing? Cubs were playing not the Padres because the Padres played another team. Right. I, I, I don't, Is it in the same division? No, it is not. They played the Miami Marlins. I don't want to stump oh. you too long. No, no. Okay, no. And that's the thing because the Marlins, they, they kept, uh, what is it? Their record. They're like 7-0 uh, now. They've the never lost a playoff series though. Yeah. There you go. Okay, cool. My so set. my well, back to the original oh. question. I'm an idiot, so there's no way my, my matchup can work. So yeah, your 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 World Series matchup is gone. It's done. Um, not gone. Done. Would you like Would you like to talk about maybe um, you did pick a sleeper team? Oh, <laughs> oh shit! I forgot. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, Los Angeles Dodgers are quietly creeping their way to almost a World Series in- entry. I think they have to play who now? The uh, the pod, yeah, the Padres, right? They're playing the Padres in the first round. Wow, very, very good. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, good only job, because man. I l- I looked it up when uh, he was wondering if Clevenger is gonna play, and uh, he he might sit for the Dodgers series, which is good for my sleeper team, the Dodgers. Pat, I want to congratulate you. That's good producing right there. So, yeah, I'm a little a little like five minutes late on getting you that answer, but no, it's fine. I'll, first time I'll for everything. It. I'm telling you, the Dodgers. Something about the Dodgers this year just smells smells like a championship team. Something about you, those first place Dodgers who have the best record in the league. Something about them clicks. Yeah, it's I can't put my finger on it. True underdog uh, story. Can you name two Dodgers? Yeah. Okay. All right, Brian. What was your? Uh, what was your? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Bellinger and okay. my boy Kiki Hernandez. That, I cannot believe that's the se- <laughs> that's the second name that he gives. All right. I, yeah. Yeah, I I, oh, and, I, and, I had a feeling he was gonna say Kiki. He said it once before, <laughs> like on like the last pod or just offline somewhere. And uh, so I was like, Justin, you should see Kiki. Is Justin Turner still on the team too? He, he, yeah, he I is. remember because he has the 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 atrocious swing in MLB uh, the show. It is the worst swing in the whole show. We don't we don't swing sham on this podcast. Oh, sorry, uh, if Justin Turner, if you're listening, I apologize. Former there we go. Justin Turner, For, former Met. But, he, was a, he was a Met. Yeah. We'll we'll get you up to speed eventually on that. Okay, cool. um, <laughs> all right. So PJ, your series of the Rays and Padres is the only one that could actually still happen. Um, where are you feeling right now after watching those teams play a series? It was close in that Padres series. They they lost that first game, so I wasn't feeling that great. And then it went down four nothing in the in game two. So I was like, ah, fuck. My 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 teams are going to be out 
or my team is going to be out. But they rallied back, and I feel pretty good that this team can make it to the playoffs. And the Rays dominated the the Blue Jays. I I watched I watched the series, but there's like nothing memorable. They just were better than them, flat out better. I got nervous with game one of the Padres Cardinals series because it just started to feel like the Cardinals were back on that like stupid playoff bullshit where it's like they're not really that good, but they're like a solid team. And I don't know. It's just they're they're like the Spurs of the MLB where they're just always fucking there. Can we can we address that real quick? Sorry, <laughs> this is no no one in podcast no one on the podcast can like see it because it's a podcast. Brian has a piece of paper taped to a wall, not even taped. It looks like it was paper clipped to a wall. It says today I will, and in the the most, uh, I don't know how to describe that font. It says kill it today. I will kill it, and he <laughs> and he. We're supposed to just sit here and just pretend to to avoid that. It's been there. It's been there every episode. No, it definitely is not. I just have, I'm like positioned a little differently. Normally my head blocks it. And is it like a, I I don't understand. Is there anything behind it? Is it just a. No, it's, it's, it's paper clipped to the wall. I can't tell what the, (laughs) what font the kill it is, but I think that today will, I want to say that's times new Roman. Oh no, that's absolutely time. There might be like slightly italic. A little italic times new Roman. It looks like the fault in our stars font for the, the kill it. (laughs) Ironically enough. (laughs) That was uh yeah inspirational yikes. 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 Holy shit, Pat. <laughs> I don't like that. He said the fault in our stars uh, okay. is ironic to, enough to kill that. it. Jesus Christ. Back to, okay, it's an old news. Back to baseball. Yeah, but sorry. Sorry, continue. Um yeah, the Rays are really good. The Padres are really fun. I feel like, you know, as an outsider, you wouldn't want that that World Series, but as like a baseball fan, I think you're craving that. It's a, good fucking series of two good young teams and good well-built teams all right so i want to talk about um, my prediction obviously i, I had the reds and R- reds and rays sure so we're both on the same thing with the rays and honestly watching them with that toronto series like they just look like a machine like they play a different style of baseball um, with how they use all their arms and they're just they're well coached they play good defense and it's like you just I just like how they play, and I it's already shown that they can beat the Yankees in the regular season, so let's see how they do in a playoff series against them. Um, but honestly, what I really want to talk about, I picked the Cincinnati Reds to win the entire thing. Tough. They uh, lost two games in a row and got eliminated in a sweep, and they did not score a single run in those two games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I'm going to double down, even though it's they're not going to play again which is an awkward weird, thing to do. It's a weird double down. It is a weird double down, but I'm going to do it. I I support my pick of the Cincinnati Reds, even though they got eliminated and didn't score a run. I stand by my take that I thought they were a team that was built to, if they got hot and their pitching could pitch, they would dominate. And their pitching really isn't the reason why they're not moving on. They just couldn't fucking score a run. And obviously that's a big thing. And, and watching them, especially in that extra innings game, the first game of that series. Pretty cool thing about that series. Most strikeouts ever in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. And it was the longest a playoff game ever went scoreless. So just the fact that you had like a bunch of like cool little like tidbits happening in that game. And then you kind of figured whoever won that game would probably win the series. That's just kind of what it felt like. You'll have all the momentum if you can take this. And it's kind of a war of attrition. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame that the Reds weren't able to do it. Because I, I, I really don't think the Braves are 
a real serious World Series threat? No, I. So on on the Reds, I'm not gonna lie. I I agreed with you. I thought the Red the Reds were my sleeper team when we when we were picking. Um, but watching the Reds in this series was literally just like watching the Mets. A team like like that first game was a Jacob Degrom start where none of their no no one could hit with a runner in score position. They they had a threat like every inning and could not score. It was it was just painful to watch. the The Reds were just the uh, Mets Ohio at that point, but. Honestly, I, I said this. Uh, Trevor Bauer would just feel right at home with the Mets getting zero run support. So that, that's on you, buddy. Um, and I I want to take this time to officially uh, denounce Trevor Bauer and you Darvish's uh, Cy Young candidacy uh, because the Central is garbage. Uh, every single team got eliminated. And the, the Reds stink. The twins, are, the twins are the worst fucking team I've ever seen. Hold on, I have I have stuff on the twins too. But you said something that I don't agree with, and I wanted I want to clear the air so everybody knows that's not where the podcast stands on this topic. I do not want to denounce Trevor da- Trevor Bauer's Cy Young candidacy. I want to hand him the award personally and congratulate him on a terrific regular season and one playoff start. And I want to keep everything with Trevor Bauer from here on in very positive and uplifting vibes. All right. Then I'm just going to say that uh, Jacob DeGrom is the unofficial uh, Cy Young of 2020. That That's okay. But we, we need – listen, Trevor Bauer I'm, is a great ambassador for Major League Baseball because he knows what's wrong with the game. He knows how like – and this is just like all with social media and how they handle stuff. I don't know if you saw this. There's a uh, a popular Mets Twitter account called Athlete Logos, mm-hmm. and he makes a bunch of like designs and artwork about just all different sport teams. And the thing with that that's like really interesting is that Major League Baseball basically told him like, "Hey, you can't do that anymore." And everybody on Twitter like was defending him, being like, "This is ridiculous. This is what's wrong with baseball." Trevor Bauer even did it because Athlete's logo has done that in the past. Um where they've made stuff for Trevor Bauer in particular. Mm-hmm. And like Trevor like was defending them and like, he just gets it. He gets that major league baseball hates major league baseball more than anybody when it comes to marketing their game. So as a big social media guy, we're big social media guys. Now we need to, we need to get that good energy going with Trevor. Cause he, he who knows, maybe he'll respond. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, as a, yeah, baseball. I'll, I'll go on. I'll play off of that. Yeah, baseball's worst enemy is is baseball. Like they, they just don't. They don't. To to quote our, our Brody Van Wagenen, they just don't get it. Just don't get it. It's insane that they they'll like suspend accounts for tweeting out highlights. They'll denounce like Fernando Tatis Jr. for being like bat flipping or or hitting grand slams. It's it's just so bad and i love baseball and i want a lot of people to love baseball too and it's annoying that the mlb just doesn't see how to grow the game and it's players like like bauer tatis or guys that are just like fun or just like outspoken in a way and outspoken like when they're outspoken in a good way to to get fans involved and to be like hey this is fun i want to watch more of this and i don't know it's baseball is baseball's worth any baseball screwed baseball in the words of uh uh, Vince McMahon. 
No, it's true. I mean, baseball does a, uh, a really poor job marketing their games. Um, obviously, we've said it before on the podcast, but we both live in Florida and I buy a MLB package every single year and I buy the single team package so I could just watch the Mets so I could listen to Gary, Keith and Ron from afar. And the thing that sucks, I don't have cable down here because I'm cheap. I'm not going to lie. I don't have cable. So when the Mets play the Marlins or the Mets play the Rays, I can't watch the game because MLB blocks me out because I'm supposed to be able to watch it on cable. But if I don't have cable, I can't watch it. And also if I did have cable, I'd have to listen to the Marlins feed, not the Mets feed. Mm -hmm. So why, why block that out? Like they just do such a terrible job. They want to make it challenging for themselves to grow the game and get it to as many people as possible. And you've already said it like, Twitter accounts tweet out highlights. They're like, oh shit, look at this cool fucking play. And instead of baseball being like, yes, like people are sharing our content. They're sharing what our superstars are doing. Like, this is exciting. This is fun. Major League Baseball is going to those people and suspending their Twitter accounts, finding them if they keep doing it. It's like, no, like stop it. Stop free advertising. Stop spreading our game. And it's so fucking stupid. And it's something that the NBA does so well. And the NBA is like, no, tweet our shit. Like talk about our players, do whatever you want that has to do with our sport and get it out there men is let as many people know about our young stars as possible and baseball is like oh shit tatis hit a grand slam like shame that fucker like don't let anyone know that that guy did something cool like that was disrespectful that he hit a home run in a professional baseball game it's like grow the fuck up these guys are making millions of dollars like this is just so silly that we're shaming a guy for hitting a home run and then like blasting him all over social media. Instead, it should be like a young superstar hit a grand slam and that's cool as shit. Let's talk about that. Talk that talk. Fucking get at him. Uh, yeah. Fuck Pat. I I, yeah. I agree. Uh, we talked. We've talked our talk on baseball uh, and will be as a whole. Let's get back to talking about individual teams. You said you had some stuff on the Twins. I I want to let you speak on the Twins before I go. I feel like you're, you have more on the twins than I do. So I'll just set the table and then I'm going to throw you a lob right now. All right. Since we've already mentioned the NBA and how they do a great job marketing their game. I'm going to, I'm going to throw you an alley-oop and I want to, you should easily slam this home. I'm just going to give you one stat. Okay. The Minnesota twins have lost 18 straight playoff games, 18 straight playoff games. That is insanity. And there you go. There's the lob. It's just fuck. It's like insane. It's not even like they lost 18 straight series. It's, it's a games. They haven't won a fucking game. Like, holy shit. Like this Astros, like the Astros players and that as much as like everyone fucking hates the Astros, like these Astros players, are like it's still good, like a, a good team but they weren't as good this year. Like they should have won. The twins had a good team. this year. They've had good teams. They have teams that smash and teams that they could pitch. I just don't, I don't get how they just can't win a fucking game. Just one fucking, what was the last Pat look this up for me? Um, or Brian, if you know, what was like the last year they won? I think it was like 2004. They won a playoff game. I don't know. You brought the stat up. That's why I don't know if you, you also had that. Uh, uh, no, year that's, two. that's why we hired Pat. So that's what it says, Pat. First, uh, hired yeah. means that I get paid. Yeah, uh, you Minnesota. get experience, exposure. It's an internship. Uh, I just butchered the word of Minnesota spelling it. All right, but regardless, but regardless, it's I don't get how like guys like like Brian Dozier back in the day, you go to know like Byron Buxton. These are these are good solid players. Jose Jose Barrios, Joe Mauer, 
Joe Maurerbeck and the jo- uh, Justin Morneau, Josh Donaldson. Like they have good players. I just don't get how former, they can't win a game. Former Met Michael Kadire. Yes, former Met Michael Kadire, Tory Hunter. I'm just gonna keep naming Twins players. Uh, Lou Ford. Uh, that's a poll right there. Fucking Jock Jones. I mean, I don't get how the uh, former Met uh, Johan Santana. I don't get how this team could not win one fucking game in eight in 18 games. 18 game losing streak in the playoffs. I don't fucking understand. I, I don't know if it was sorry to interrupt. I don't think was it 18. I'm trying to count it now. It looks like 2004 against the Yankees in the divisional series. They won one game. And that was probably but, it. That was probably but I don't know, but it might be. It's, it says one to three. I don't know if that's a series or if that's the final score. I don't know what the I, rules I've, were with the divisional series back then. I think you're. Well, yeah, it would be one. Yeah, the Twins won one game. The Yankees met one three. I think that's what it's trying to say. But then that, that the math is five game series. That. It's either that or if that's not if if it was just one game, some chance, then it would be two thousand two against the Oakland Athletics. They won the series three to two. Well, they were also in a bunch of wild card games too. So that's just a one game, out, in and out. No, Pat. That yeah, they their last one was against the Yankees in two thousand four. Yeah. All right. Cool. But. I don't know. I said my rant. I, I hope I slammed that the uh, fucking uh, alley if you, you throw up for me. No, I didn't was, have like, I didn't that have like good. that much on Twitter. It's just like fuck, man. I don't get it. That you can't win a game. A, a game. game. I'm not yeah. even telling you to win a series. I'm not telling you to advance to the World Series. I'm telling you to win one goddamn game. So I feel like we got to bring it up, and I don't really necessarily want to, but man, did we fucking jinx the New York Yankees? And the New York Yankees are back to a scary New York Yankee level. I don't like it. And I don't know how we can can fix this, but I feel like we were part of this, so we need to stop it. Listen, man, they're a really good team. They, they I should have picked them as, as the sleeper because... I mean, I've I've been constantly told by every single Yankee fan that this team is is stinks and is in fact not good. Um, I didn't see it. They're a good team. That's all I really gotta say. Yankee fans this season were so annoying because this they season? just uh, hear me out. I, I get you. I feel you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But they acted. They cried poverty. Like they acted like this was the worst team to ever walk on a major league baseball field at times. And they were disgusted by the play. And it was so annoying to hear them talk like that. And they were never really in any position, not going to be a playoff team. Like the entire time, like they were still all, they were still going to make it. They were going to be in that first round regardless. They had a, they had like that stretch of games where obviously we clowned them and like that was like really bad, but there was never one point where me as a as an out as an outsider or pretty much anyone that wasn't a, a Yankee fan was like this team is not gonna make the place. Like everyone knew they were gonna make it in some form, whether whether it be like one of those those last seeds or uh as the second team in the at the AL East, everyone knew they were gonna fucking make it. So I don't get why you're crying like, Oh my god, this team is fucking so bad. This is the last place team. I can't believe that this is the I can't believe we have to watch this shit. Like, fuck off. Also, regardless of how bad the Yankees might have been in the middle of the year, you're in a fucking division with the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox when they are fucking laughing stocks of baseball. And two of the three third-place teams make the fucking playoffs in your respective league. 
It's fucking crazy. Like they were, they were acting like this, the world was on fire the entire time they were going to be a playoff team and they were not really healthy during the regular season. And Yankee fans were crying poverty. I have a text here that I wanted to, to read. This is from a Yankee fan. And we both PJ and I know this man, his name is John. Oh, fuck you. I texted John in the middle of the season. And John told me direct quote, this is the worst team to ever walk on a baseball field. It is absolutely disgusting. I've never been this low as a Yankee fan. And this is a team that made the playoffs and was never, ever in doubt of making the playoffs. And if that's how you feel about your teams, like, fuck, fuck you, man. You don't even know what pain is. Like you don't even try, know. Like this season wasn't even fan. painful. This for like for a Met fan, this season wasn't even that painful. It was just like we were we've been trained our whole lives for this fucking sixty game nonsense. No Yankee fan would ever survive half a season as a Met fan. No, not at all. I not noticed. at all. They need to be humbled. Seriously, fuck them. Fuck you, John. Grandpa. Um. That being said, though, uh, this is this is a really scary reality. If the Rays can't beat them. I think they're probably playing in the World Series. So it's it's going to be then uh, Astros A's, correct? On the other A- side of that AL? Correct, yeah. Because if the we only- get Astros Yankees again and Garrett Cole's on the other side this time, I I really do think the Yankees win that series. I, yeah, I don't I don't think the Astros have the pitching, especially no, Verla- no Verlander. <clears throat> Excuse me. No Verlander. Uh, they're obviously Cole switch teams and, and Greg, like Greg, he's a good pitcher, but I don't know if he's like a, a, a number one ace, like dominant ace anymore. I, I, fuck man. And I don't really, I think the A's are a good team too, but there's something about like the, the A's. I just don't trust them to, to win in that big, that big series. Like this is the, another stat. This is the first time the A's ever won a, uh, the Rays won a like go home game since like the seventies or something like that, like something like a long, long time. So if the, if the cards fell like that and it was like a game seven or game five in the, the DS, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it. So I, Look, yeah, I've already, I put your, I put a gun to your head a lot. Um, I'm going to put another gun to your head. God, right now, right now, what is, what is the most probable world series matchup? Not what you want to see, but like what, what we have left what do you think we're looking at World Series matchup? What do I think? I unfortunately do think it's it, the Yankees. Even though they, they've said multiple times the the Rays are really good, just how just how the fucking the Yankees are, they're just always gonna fucking be a thorn in my side and have to make me sweat. So I do think it's gonna be the Yankees that have the the AL. And I do I, I as much as the Dodgers kind of uh, fall apart in big moments, I. They're still a really good fucking team. They're a Pat Sleeper team. Um, so I would say yep. I would say Yankees Dodgers if I had to if I had to take an actual guess. Yeah, I, th- I think that's most probable right now. And I was trying to think in my head of any other alternative. I think your World Series matchups are gonna come out of the Yankees Rays series and the Padres Dodgers series. Yeah, I agree. The winner, the winner of those series is gonna go on. I don't think the Marlins are a threat. They're a nice story. Good for them. I don't think the Braves are legit enough to really compete in like a long seven game series against some of these powerhouse teams. And, and then you go to like the flip side, Oakland is like scrappy and could get hot, but like, I just don't see them. They're very similar to the Braves to me where I just, I don't think they could hold up in a seven game series. 
And then who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting the one team. The Astros. The Astros are kind of. I still think of the pitching. They're, they're interesting, but without Verlander, you know, they're they're down a horse, and you need your horses in the playoffs, and otherwise, you you kind of run out of gas. Although I do love, and I don't even care. I I love Lance McCullers, so he's always been like a favorite pitcher of mine. And I, when they won the World Series, and he wasn't like a part of it, that actually bummed me out because I was like, damn, that's a guy I actually like, and like. You like to see these guys a part of it. Like you don't want to see them win without him because then they're like, oh well, he's not good enough or whatever. But I think we're looking at Yankees, Dodgers, and I hope not. So Pat, word on the street, you have a fun fact for me. I do. It's actually kind of a it's a wild fact. So say if like so crazy. Say I, I'm hyping myself up now. Say like you and I are like identical twins. Like so, we came from the same mother. We're identical twins. We have kids. Technically, our kids would be siblings, not cousins, because that's how close the DNA is when you give an offspring. Yeah, it's true. I I looked it up. Do you understand Patty, that? Do you understand Patty, what I'm saying? Pat, did you just try and say that you want to have children with me? You want to have sex? No, I'm just I'm saying theoretically, if we did, if you no, there's nothing. We're never having sex, PJ. It's it's if our. Now you got me in this corner. No, if we were if not we were fun bro- for me. No, not if we were brother. Yeah, if you were my brother, my identical brother, and we had kids, our kids would be siblings, not cousins. What part yeah. of this is fun? That's fun. All right, fine, Brian. If you and I were like siblings, I, I feel like. <laughs> hold on, I feel like I need to be like the mediator with that Please. question. What? What? It's a all, fun fact. All I've gathered from that fun fact is that Pat wants to fuck PJ. Not one Bro, point. I'm we're, flattered, yeah, but like I don't make work with pleasure. No, it's the exact opposite of sex. We're brother and brother. <laughs> then, then how that, could you have a child? No, because the DNA, our DNA, is so close that. But our they're two dudes. You can't yeah, have a kid, so but, it could only be if it's a guy and a girl. No, but our yes. So like sex education like, with Scooter like and the big Brian. Man. If you and I aren't identical, but we're relate. Wait, no. I just know that if. PJ and I had kids and we were identical twins at birth. Our kids would be siblings, not cousins. That I'm flattered. I really am. I, I like you. You're, you're, do, you're, you're a good friend. But PJ, uh, you're, I'm you're a great decline. guy too. But that does not mean that we're having sex. Uh, my parents listen to this show. <laughs> all right. I, thought it was, I thought it was a fun fact and then somehow I got No, it's not that. a fun fact at all. This is very it's uncomfortable. Fun. If you're identi- if, 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 like, uh, identical twin listeners out there, now they know that, that when eventually they both have kids, they'll be siblings. I, uh, I liked it better when you talked about penguins and organs and salt water and fresh water. I'm still, I'm still trying to find out what that organ's called. I still have uh, no idea. I don't want right. to. We just went through you trying to fuck me. I don't want to talk about organs. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about orgasms. Let's. Bro, come on. Man. Let's, right, uh, that, that let's, move, let's move on to our. Uh, we're going to do some lists. We're going to lose so let's, many let's, listeners. <laughs> We're gonna. We might gain a lot of twins list. Twin listeners. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. We're, we decided we're gonna do like a list, very generic thing. But lists are cool. We like lists. So our, our list uh, for this week, we're gonna be listing out our top five favorite Mets moments of the year. You know, do a little positive here. Uh, Brian, would you like to give us your top five? Are do you, are we starting like least to best? Go least to best. And then five is. The least. Yes, that's how numbers work. Okay, then I'm ready. Uh, my number five moment of the season 
is when Yoenis Cespedes opted out. We didn't know it at the moment, but it ended up being a huge positive when the Mets got full time playing time, full playing time for Dom Smith. So that ended up turning into a massive positive. We might not have known it right away. Uh, my number four is uh, Rick Porcello allowing seven earned runs to the Braves in his first start as a Met. That was a real big high for me. I really enjoyed that. So that's more of a personal one. Uh, really number three, see. number three, Keith Hernandez not knowing what a peanut butter and jelly was. That was a definite uh, high for me. Uh, my number two is Rosario's walk-off home run at Yankee Stadium. And then my number one was uh, Pete Alonzo's walk-off home run against the Yankees for Tom Seaver. That's a good list. I thought I thought about having uh, some of those. The 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 Keith one was in, in my honorable mention because that was just a laugh out loud moment in the season. But my uh, my number five is also Cespedes, but it's Cespedes's home around opening day because that was just so cool. That was the that was a, a first sign of UNS Cespedes we had for a long time. He just had a homer to that was the only run of the game. I I, I really enjoyed that. I completely forgot that he did that. Yeah, I know, right? It's so long ago. That feels like forever. Uh, my number four is the uh, Ahmed Rosario walk-off home run in Yankee Stadium because fuck the Yankees, and it was cool to see the Yankees get walked off in their own fucking stadium. My number three was uh, Michael Conforto and Pete Alonso both hitting home runs the day we dropped this podcast, which is also called, get this, Scooter and the Big Man, and one of their nicknames, Silky Elk and the Big Man. I was just yeah, about I, to say that. I know you were. My number two was Alonso's walk-off against the Yankees. That one was that one was such a, a high because again it was against the Yankees first of all and it was a big moment for Pete and I love everything anytime Pete can have a big moment I'm there for and my number one I feel like this shouldn't come as a, a shock to anyone it's Steve Cohen buying the Mets Steve Cohen is my is my hero he hasn't done anything yet and I still I love the man more than uh, any future child that could possibly have so honestly I'm gonna actually disagree with you I don't think he's he's already done stuff. He's already made a slight difference where it came out publicly too that um, Cohen has already planned on beefing up their analytical analytic team, which is something that the Mets have lacked for a very long time and is, is pretty exciting. But it's also he now I'm, I'm going to word this really poorly. So bear with me. Maybe you could help correct me. But like with their like ticketing and like office staff. Uh, the Mets did a drastic pay cut for those employees during this whole crazy time. And Cohen has already announced that he will be paying them their full salary uh, starting November 1st. So he's already saying like, Hey, I'm going to beef up the analytics and I'm going to get everyone back to like what they should be making. And, you know, does that affect what's on the field? No, not yet. But honestly, like to have a good organization, you need to be extremely well-rounded. So he's doing that already and uh, we've already talked about like how he wants to bring on sandy alderson as the the president of baseball operations or a, or a head advisor at least and he's already came out kind of publicly with three things and he's three for three in my book like everything sounds awesome yeah everything he's done I, I said i said nothing he's done he hasn't done anything yet and i was talking more in terms of just getting players and and that type of deal but no you're right he he the the Giving the staff members their full salary is just such a is such a cool thing, and you could do that with all the money he has. And it's just it's just nice to see uh, an owner who cares about the like the staff. Because when, like you said, when the entire staff, it doesn't even have to be the front office, just ticketing the box office, 
uh, the grounds crew, you name it, anyone who's on that staff that's not like a player or a front office uh, person is happy. That makes the entire organization happy. So that's a huge part. And getting the analytics department uh, up and running is just how baseball is and sports in general are nowadays. So for him to put his focus onto that super early and want to beef that up, that is so huge. And that's why it's my number one favorite Mets moment because he's going to bring us a fucking championship. He's going to bring us a World Series. He's going to bring us fucking glory. You know what? You know what? Also, is number one. What? Uh, the score today in um, the Saints game was the number one time it has ever happened in NFL history. It was thirty-six to nine, making it the one thousand fifty-six unique final score in NFL history for a scoregami. PJ uh, Brian. Did you say 36 to 9? I said it wrong. You said the wrong score. Oh, All right. the scoregami wizard messes it up. That was the, that was right. the scoregami of last oh. week's game between the 49ers and the Giants. The scoregami for this week mm. was the Saints and the Lions. Mm-hmm. The Saints scored 35 and the Lions scored 29. That is the 1,057th mm. scoregami. I think we have a new uh, scoregami king. I'll take my scoregami crown now. Oh, hold on. Hold on. All right. Good. I I read the wrong note. Hand up. I read the wrong note. I but I'm going to fix it right now. Hold on. You I fixed sh- it for you. You shut up and you listen. You listen real good. I am the Scorigami wizard. And since I've brought up Scorigami, since I've brought it up, do you know how many Scorigamis there's been? There's been like three and four weeks since I've brought up Scorigami. You're just riding my jockstrap on Scorigamis. You're not a real Scorigami guy. You're not in the mud. Uh, a real Scorigami king would know what the Scorigami was today. I know for a fact that this is the last possible losing score for the number 35. And then true? If you if you want to you want to keep talking, I, I don't know, Pat. It's fine. Just take just take the L, bud. Just take the L. <laughs> It all it happens to all of us. Just you know, it just happens to be today and at a very unfortunate circumstance. He also just gave a fake score gummy fact, so he's really digging himself into a hole right now. It's not a f- <laughs> just not a fake Ew. unless you research it. Oh, you got owned by fucking producer Pat. That's bad, yeah, bitch. All right, we're now going to get into our 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 sponsored Hanes uh, socks section of the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about trade candidates that we would want the New York Mets to go after. Um, I'm going to give you a list of people I think that are going to be on the bubble. And I want you to know, I want you to give me whether or not we should be interested. Okay. Well, here's, this is stupid because everybody, every name that I list, you are going to be interested in. The question is, what would really make sense and what do you think you'd have to get give up to get a player of this caliber on the Mets and based off of like their current contract structure, whether you think it'd be a good idea or a bad idea for the Mets to pursue. Okay. So I'm going to give you my entire list in one, and then maybe you can pinpoint a couple that might like stick out. Okay. All right. So I think third base is a position that you might look to upgrade. And we have guys like Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, as a two very large fish. And I don't want people to be like, oh, look at this. They're like Met fans, like talking completely unrealistic, like to some degree, maybe. Um, however, it's the off season. Let's talk what if scenarios. So to get like a guy like Chris Bryant or Nolan Arenado 
first off, two completely different contract situations. Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant's due for an extension probably pretty soon, also coming off probably the worst year of his entire career. Obviously, it's a short sample size, but still terrible nonetheless. Uh, Nolan's a fucking bona fide superstar uh, with a massive contract to his name on a pretty shitty team. So, like you said, I'll start with Chris Bryant because Chris Bryant was horrendous this year. He was hitting, he hit below 200. He only hit like maybe four home runs. He was bad, like as bad as can be. So, he, you could buy him cheap, I think. And I think the Cubs could be looking to off offset some of these these guys like maybe look at the blow up the core like Bryant Rizzo even Darvish you could they might sell high on him so that's a guy the Mets could target if they if they think that he can bounce back and you wouldn't have to I don't know if you would have to give up too much because it's also a contract year like you said uh for Arenado you would have to give up a lot Nolan Arenado, I love Nolan Arenado. I think he is, in a sense of like a Mike Trout, people just don't see him play because he plays in the, on, in the West, in the West Coast area. And in Colorado, it's not the West Coast, but in the West. And he is so fucking good, both at the plate and in the field. I would love to get him. There's just so, so, you have to give up a lot for him. And I don't know, the Mets have given up a lot of players, thanks to Brody, that could have been used to get an Arenado. So I don't know if, I don't know if we can get him, but it, I would, if I'm Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson, I would, that's definitely a guy I would look to over Brian. Like that's who I try to go after first. And then if that's too high of a ceiling, you could try and go after Chris Bryant at uh, maybe a discount. Okay. A couple of the other I have, um, I feel like two of them are pretty predictable, but like Francisco Lindor mm-hmm. and, for some reason, also going into a contract year needs a new deal. So whether it be Chris Bryan or Lindor, those are two guys that are going into a free agent year and you're probably going to look to re-sign. Otherwise you're not going to give up the world for a rental, mm-hmm. especially because this is not a team that's one piece away where a, a rental superstar is, is the solution. That's not where we're at. Um, so if you're doing a move like this, you're doing it with the intention of signing this player long-term So I feel like Lindor kind of makes sense for this team in a lot of ways in which that they kind of have like a surplus right now with promising young shortstops. I hate to like put a, to trade these guys away, but like if you package something with maybe like JD Davis, Rosario, uh, Jimenez, and then you can put in a couple prospects or something like, is there a pack that we currently have or we're over, I don't want to say overstaffed, but like we're kind of overstaffed and some over, we have too many infielders on this team right now. Um, Is it possible you could package some of these guys together and get a guy like Glendor in a, in a contract year? I I actually think it is possible. I think it's possible too. It would have to be, like I said, there's a log jam in the infield. So you'd have to give up. You probably have to give up uh, Jimenez just because like he, he's a promising young shortstop and you know, obviously Lindor is a shortstop. So you'd want the Indians would probably want someone to replace. I don't know. I don't know who they have in their system. They might have a guy like behind Lindor that they like. So maybe shortstop not, but I'm going off of what I know and, or what I think And Jimenez would have to be in that trade. I think Uh, JD Davis is a good, is a good bat that they could use. He's young. He wouldn't be there starting third base. They still have Jose Ramirez. Um, 
I don't know. I, th- I think the Mets have enough young pieces to make a Lindor trade work, especially if you're giving up uh, Jimenez. And even honestly, maybe just throwing in Rosario too, to see like maybe sweeten the pot a little bit. Cause I've said many times, I, I still think Rosario is, is a, is a, is, has some value. All right. Um, two of the other names I had, I had Josh and I had a guy that I think might be on the bubble that maybe isn't talked as much about. And that's, um, I have Benetetti on here, Benny biceps. So I'll, I'll start with hater. I, I think Hater's really, really good. He's an insane relief pitcher. I don't like, I don't want to give up too much for a relief pitcher. And this this is not a slide on like an Edwin on, on Edwin Diaz or anything. I just don't think it's ever a smart move to bet high on a relief pitcher because relief pitchers are so volatile that they can just blow up and be nothing at any point, and you just have no idea. So I would never want to give up something so huge for a relief pitcher, no matter how good he is. If they can get a deal for Hater that isn't giving up too much, I would be in for that. But I think the Brewers would be looking to sell high if they were going to sell him. Yeah, I think I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth with trading for relief pitchers, even though, I mean, Edwin Diaz, I've, I've said this on past episodes where I feel like now he's shown me enough where like I'm not, I don't hate him anymore, but I need to see more to feel like 100% locked in on him. Um, so yeah, trading for relief pitchers is scary because we literally traded for the best one in baseball two years ago and he turned out to be a dud for the Mets at first. So just Obviously, haters a different pitcher than than Diaz, but like just the fact that it's already happened, you got a bad taste in your mouth. Um, what about the second name that I gave you? Uh, ben Attendi is, uh, I don't know. The Mets need a, a center fielder. Ben Attendi is more of a corner outfielder, and we have. If you're looking to extend Conforto, you have him. Obviously, that that spot's locked up. And I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would want. Uh, I think Ben Tenney better than Nemo, but I don't know if he. I would want to give up too much to uh, make that, uh, you know, replacement. If that, if, he, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just thought he'd be an interesting name because uh, I think Boston's going to do a little bit of a teardown, um, and he might be a name that they look to move on from. So, give me. I, do you have any names? I have a. I have some. Um. This this is a. Some more, some some Yankees that popped into my head. Uh-oh. One of them being uh, Miguel Andujar, and the other one being Clint Frazier. Guys, I, guys who are kind of being wasted over there. I hear a lot of Clint Frazier talk, and like this has always been like when like the Mets were really struggling, and like there was like potentially like a rumor that the Mets had at one time had like a deal in place to send him to the Yankees. Zach Wheeler, I'm talking about, and I feel like the Yankee fans are always like trying to trade for fucking Mets pitching. And they're always like, Oh, we'll give him Clint Frazier. Oh, we'll do this. And it's like Clint Frazier does not excite me, but he is a, he is a solid baseball player. And again, probably more of a count corner outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, very similar to the, the Benny biceps part. It's like, we kind of, we're, we're good when it comes to corner outfielders. I, I want a pure center fielder. Um, now on the flip side, um, Andor could be interesting. And honestly, like that, I'm not opposed to that, but again, we'd have to make another move. We'd have to do something where we can clear some of the log jam that we have in this infield before we add more. 
So I agree. Like, with you. I agree with you. With like JD Davis and Cano and McNeil and and Alonzo and and Smith, we're just full as fuck right now. And then we have Rosario. We have Jimenez. It's like we have so many infielders who aren't really plus defenders. Mm-hmm. So I I I kind of am intrigued with both those names. I, I know this might sound contradictory to what I was saying with uh, Benintendi before. But if you, I'm saying if you could spot a low on like a Clint Frazier because the Yankees have such a, so many players that these guys are kind of being wasted, they might be looking to to just offset him and get something something younger that they can groom because, uh, you know, these guys uh, want to play and they just don't want to be there. I don't know if they don't want to be there or not, but they might be looking to sell and do more, especially on the sell low because they just have they just don't play that guy and they just don't have room for him. Uh, those are just intriguing names I, I saw that could be like, a, you know, by – by low options. Uh, another name I saw is, you know, on that on that hater train, Josh Hater train, uh, Rysel Iglesias from the Reds. Another another relief pitcher. I know we said, but is this a name interesting to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like the talents there. I think what's interesting though is I don't know if the Reds are going to be in a position where they want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I think the Reds are convinced that they can still compete for a championship. Let's see how their offseason goes. Uh, like, if they lose out on on Bauer and he goes elsewhere, uh, hopefully he comes to us. But if he leaves that team, I think then they're looking in the mirror and being like, all right, well, we're the Reds. We're probably not going to get a premier free agent. So let's go back to the drawing board and, and trade talented players for prospects and try to just keep building this thing from the ground up from inside and out rather than out. So, yeah, I can see that being potentially, it, it all depends on what Bauer does for that team though. I so like, I, obviously like I'm interested, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's just like, I don't know if they would be interested in moves like that unless they, if, if they definitely miss out on Bauer. Um, with that being said, Pat's about to give us his second fun fact. Oh, oh, you almost caught me off guard. Um, uh, Pat, before you do that, uh, Pat, before you do that, I have one more name, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's a, it's a, name, it. that was, it's a name that was floated around the, the trade deadline a lot this uh, this year, uh, who wound up not being traded, which I thought was, was kind of odd. Uh, Lance Lynn from the Rangers. Hard I, pass. Hard pass? Hard, I, hard pass. Give me a reason. Just, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not buying what happened with the Rangers. I think everybody catches lightning in a bottle every once in a while. Um, I don't know. I just, that, that name does not excite me at all. I'm looking up his, uh, trying to look up his stats now. You said some, like, I'm, let me pull up. So I, so I know for, for a fact, if what I'm saying is true, it's almost like we had a producer that should do that for you. I know. Right. Uh, Lancelin has like a bu- had like a bunch of very solid seasons in a row. Uh, aside from like 20, 2018, where his ERA was a four seven, he's had under under a four ERA and under a four five ERA in most of his years. So that's that's a name that uh, depending on it's a depending on what you would have to give up would be a name that could be intriguing to me. I have higher aspirations than Lance Lynn for Steve Cohen rotation. However, if we're trying to fill that five spot, like a Porcello Lynn type player, I am not opposed to. Um, but that's where I'm setting my expectation right now. I, I think, that's, though, like 
after Bauer and Stroman, the the starting pitching for agent pool is not that deep. Like if you miss out on one of those guys, if they don't resign Stroman, they miss out on Bauer. They're they might be in trouble trying to get another pitcher. And they might they'd have to trade. I just I just don't want Lance Lynn. I don't uh, just absolutely completely add on it. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I just it's not a name I trust. All right. It's not. You know what else um, I don't trust? I don't trust Pat to give me a fun fact right now. Oh, but I will uh, be trusted. Uh, please, 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 please don't make me uncomfortable this time. Please do not try to have sex with PJ. No, this, okay. It, this fact might be slightly close to it, but it's... Come on. Uh, so you know how last week I was jokingly said that I had a fact about uh, baby koalas? And Mom, this week, this. this week I'm going to finish that fact about baby koalas. All right. So baby koalas, they, uh, going. they only really eat bamboo. But something about bamboo, it's hard for them to digest it. But the mother bam- the mother koalas can digest that minerals. So the baby koala eats the shit of the mama koala so that they get those nutrients from the bamboo and it doesn't harm their stomach. So there you go. It took a week for me to say that fact, but I finally got it out. You wanted was, animal facts. How was that in any way closely related to what we, the first fun fact was? Thinking back to it, it has no correlation, but it's it's still unless you're trying to call me a koala, is, is which more, I don't appreciate. Is that more is that more fun than identical twins producing siblings? Yes, yes, yeah, it's, it's any, infinitely more fun. Is more fun than that. Okay, I thought that first one was pretty fun. I no, didn't have fun. Me. Can I? Do I have to come every week now with two fun facts? I feel like a fucking kindergartner in school, where like the the adults get to play and the, the kid has to just. Scribble with crayons on a piece of paper. Do you, Pat, do you Pat, you're basically have... Pat, you're basically the the cousin at the family get together where we're playing video games and I hand you a controller that's not plugged in, so you feel like yeah, the controllers. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's what I. Feel. I don't even think this mic's connected right now. You know, we're talking honestly, to ourselves. Do you have anything else like written down or prepared that you want to like talk about? Uh, do you have anything, Pat? What was your favorite Mets moment of the year? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that because I have I actually have it pulled up. My favorite moment was uh, last week when the Mets lost to the Nationals 4-3, and then the next day they lost 5-3, and then they beat them 15-5. So that was my th- my three favorite. Also, I asked for I kinda, one moment, so why don't you fucking listen next time? I kind of like how Cespedes wears neon yellow. That's kind of cool. That's pretty much it. That's all I had written down. That was, is, there it. Other, that was all is, there, is there any other player in the MLB that wears neon colors? I'm, I'm sure there are. The entire Oregon football team. No, ha, ha, ha. no. I meant for, for, for like the baseball. <laughs> I don't think any other player like wears neon. He just said like the baseball. Like, Dad, I hate you. Guys, guys you understand. Uh, baseball and I are not that good together. This is. Dad, you had a Nationals <laughs> blog. <laughs> the Washington Passionals are is still a work in progress. All right. Four years. All right, let's let's random end. Of the week. Let's end on random out of the week. Uh, Pat, who is the random out of the week? No chance in hell. I'm All right, good. All right, no <laughs> PJ, take us off. Vince McMahon again. Noah Syndergaard. Now our random no. out of the week is uh, is Juan Lagares, former former Met on this year's team. People might forget that. Uh, Brian, let's talk about Juan Lagares. I said this uh, pre-show. I have a Juan Lagares jersey. I was 
super, super high on Juan Ligaris. And I was always like mentally trying to convince myself that Juan Ligaris would develop probably into like a 270 hitter and steal like 20 bags a year and just win a shit ton of gold gloves. And I like, I had that thought in my head that he was just going to be that type of player for the Mets for like, for like six, seven, eight years. I was locked in on Juan Ligaris. The funny story. I had a, I had a friend back home. Shout out Ethan. Congratulations, he, Ethan. Big, uh, big Mets fan. Uh, was convinced and actually wrote a paper about it in our English class that Juan Lagarza was one day going to win MVP. And I want to tell him that you were very dumb. That was just a bad, that's a freezing, freezing cold take. Juan Lagarza, Juan Lagarza is a great defender, great arm, great glove, could not hit. Could not hit consistently, I'll say. Can we, can we get your friend Ethan to send us a copy of that paper? And then I would love to either read some of it on air about why Juan Lagares was going to win an MVP or just, just tweet out like the, a photo of the entire thing for, for everyone to read on why he believed that. I can't imagine he still has it, but I can do some digging. I mean, I would, I would love to have that. Even just for my own personal read, I, w- I would love, or just to have him give us like a synopsis of it. It's, it's it was just a wild take. Like I don't I don't know. Like you can you can love a guy, you can love a mediocre player. I do it all the time. I love mediocre guys. This is the whole reason we have a random Met of the week, random random athletes all the time. I love it. But uh, know your expectations. Juan Lagares was a, uh, a a nice Gold Glove center fielder who was that was all he was. Where extra base hits go to die. Absolutely. That was one of my favorite things that Gary used to say. Gary was like, where extra base hits go to die, like when it was hit to Juan Ligaris, or he was like 80% of the world is covered by water, the rest is covered by Juan Ligaris. Like that was they used to have such cool shit for Juan Ligaris. Yeah, well I just wish he could hit because he would have been so like valuable if he could just be a consistent like 270 hitter. Like at the bottom, like the bottom of the order, just hit eighth, hit like 260, 270, don't be a black hole in the lineup. And just play stellar defense. Not too much to ask. There's so many guys on the Mets, too, that have a shit ton of speed that can't steal a fucking base, and Juan Ligaris was just another one. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, who's the who's the last like big, big base dealer you can you can remember being on the Mets? I know like I know like Eric Young was was really I know Eric Young in like 2013 so like forty bases or something for the Mets. But other than like Jose Reyes, can you remember like a like a a, a star? Not even like a star player, but like a an everyday big time player the Mets had that was like a stolen base threat. Are we not including Billy Hamilton? Uh, I said big time player and everyday player and good. Okay, so not Billy Hamilton. Not um, Jordan Humphreys either. Honestly, that when you first asked the question, the first thing that came to my why was EY. Um, trying to think prior to that, obviously, like Reyes was always that piece for that team. I really, I'm really blanking on it. I yeah, really I am. I can't I can't think of somebody that they had like even off the bench like just to to throw in and, and and get the bag. I mean, Carlos Gomez like when he was with the Mets was fast as fuck and he used to do some crazy shit, but I mean that was really long. It's crazy. They just don't have speed. They don't have they don't have that type of uh threatening speed anymore. No, they can't steal a base. Like Rosario like has some sort of speed, but he's not not a great base dealer. It might be him. It might be Jimenez. Like he stole a good amount of bases this year. Does, I don't know if I would call him like a a big time threat yet. Does Ethan does Ethan listen to this show? Probably not. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Maybe. 
Do you want to use this time to talk shit about Ethan? No, I don't. Not at all? I, I said my piece on the that stupid article. I'm going to have... This is Pat's time to talk shit about Ethan. Pat, Ethan, Ethan. you dumb motherfucker, Ethan. Oh, you... Juan Lagares? Out of all people, you couldn't choose... To, oh, yikes, that's a bad name. I was going to say David Wright. I'm on a random... I was trying to look up the Mets article for like 15 deadliest Steelers, base Steelers, and the name I was going to say was David Wright. So I take that back. Ethan, you kind of had a point. <laughs> every, Pat, you every, suck. every time you give me hope that you're going to be like a good producer and figure it out, you just you just crumble. Every We've set you up for greatness, and you've failed every uh, single time. All right, look, Frank, Frank Tavares. He was a base stealer in, like seven, in 79. Okay. No, just keep yeah, just wrap it up. All right. Um, PJ, we're we're gonna end this pretty soon. I, I do want to say one thing. Okay. Um Pat put out the Luis Rojas clip this week. It was extremely well done for somebody who took a week off and <laughs> needed a and needed like a big clip. Um he came back was, in a big way. He did come back in a big way, and then immediately on this episode, know. he like <laughs> Um, he made a sexual advance on you. So like immediately he took a step back. <laughs> this is, I just got yeah, to stick to making uh, videos and not talking. <laughs> that's probably, that's best for everyone. Uh, but Pat, honest, honestly, that, that video was hilarious. We actually got a, a few people that commented and said, this is, this is hilarious. So good job on well, you. I like it. No, thank you. Thank you. Good, good I'm sorry. You. I felt I, like I really I, attacked you on that video and I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, you attacked me tonight and I don't appreciate that, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, good, good job. Um, I Thank lost my you. train of thought, but the, you know, the, I, I could see, I could see why that video took you a week to make because it was very well done. I made that video in like two days. That I'm was trying right. to fucking help you. <laughs> also, what's like he? The worst thing he said tonight wasn't even him trying to uh, with his fun fact in the twins. It was the fault in our stars thing being like. <laughs> <laughs> the kill it sign was the most fucked up thing. Like he got away with that and he shouldn't. So, well, no, well, Brian, you know, I'm like known for like saying like under the, under the breath jokes, but it's hard to do it on a podcast when it picks up, especially this new mic I have where it yeah, picks up everything I said. You're literally talking into a microphone. Microphones work, bud. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm making progress each week. It's going good. I mean, I'm, we're, we're done shooting in two weeks. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's gone. I'm not going to see him again probably ever unless they come back for a second season. So, so what you're saying is episode I'm, 14, we can expect Kevin James. I would say when we're in the triple digits of episode numbers, I'll say guaranteed Kevin James. Triple, triple, triple digits. Just guaranteed yeah, give, Kevin James. Give so me look out for time. a big episode 100 for, for Kevin or, James. Or 999. Either so or. once we get into it. But that, <laughs> oh, shit. that's going to do it. Episode one, episode 100 is going to feature Kevin James. This was episode 11. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Follow us on Twitter at Scooter Big Man Pod. You know what we do on there by now. Uh, the tweets, figuring stuff out in the offseason, but we'll get more content up there. Same with Instagram. Uh, Scooter and the Big Man Pod. Uh, Scooter Big Man Pod on Instagram. Try and get some graphics. I try and do some fun stuff on there. If you have any ideas for us on segments you want us to do on the podcast or Anything on social media, let us know. DM us. They're all open. Uh, follow us on TikTok at Scooter Big Man Pod. 
same things. We'll pat a lot of Pat's videos. If you ever decide to make them ever again, will be up there as will they be on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Brian, you got anything else to add? Uh, nope. Uh, fuck Pat and fuck Ethan. See you guys next week. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here.